Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories. Some are profound and challenging, while others are more common and relatable, shared with honesty and humor. But all of these stories reveal what God can do in our lives when we trust Him with the details. Thanks for joining us. everyone. This is your host, Kelly, from the Storytellers Live team. On each episode, a different woman shares her story, often in a live setting, with the bottom line being that God is good. Now, we all have big dreams and plans. Some start when we're children, some evolve as we grow older, and some of us discover that our plans are not quite what God had in mind. But often we discover that what God has for us is so much greater and more powerful than we could ever imagine. And this is the case for our storyteller today, Paige. Foster care was something that was not on her radar or her family's. This is the story of how Paige and her husband released their own plans for their family and began to chase God-sized dreams, putting aside their fear and their hesitations and just trusting him. Um, okay, I am Paige. Thank you. I asked her to get me tissue. I know I'm going to need it. Um, and I'll probably cry at the weirdest times that don't even make sense. But um, anyway, I'm Paige, and um, I am married to John Henry Hedrick. We've been married for almost 10 years in June, and we have um, two children, a Piper, who is six, and Hudson, who is four. Um, and just, uh, I just I have a beautiful family, and God has blessed me so much. Um, and so now I'm going to tell you the story of um, how we arrived at um, becoming foster parents. Um, and when I first spoke to Robin on the phone, I thought when she she told me, she actually said to me, um, well, at first I said to her, uh, I, you know, I just don't feel like the story's ready yet. We're just not there yet. We haven't fostered yet. We're still in the certification process. We haven't even started. So we're just, let's get some of that under the, under our belts. And then we'll have, then we'll have the, the big story to tell. Um, but then um, she told me on the phone that she felt a sense of urgency. She said she just had chills and she just had to tell me that she felt a sense of urgency for me to go ahead and tell my story. And when she said she got chills, I said, well, I've got chills knowing that you got chills so <laughs> I need to pray about that I can't ignore that so I'll pray about that and I'll go back to you and like you said like she said three hours later I called her back um, because during that time I just uh, really thought about it and prayed about it and God showed me that um this story that I'm telling today is not about fostering. It's not yet anyway. We'll have that story to tell. We'll have plenty of those stories to tell, I'm sure, down the road. But um, this story is about surrendering to God and being brave. And y'all will hear um, and see the significance of the word brave as I tell my story. Um, but that that's what this is about. This is not yet about fostering. Um, and God has called me to be brave in this whole process. And I've... Um, I've realized that and I've seen that. And um, so just like 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, his power will be made perfect in my weakness. So he has called me to be brave. So here I am today in front of all of you living that out because this is so out of my comfort zone. Um, and I'm just going to go to a very vulnerable place because... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I told you I'd just start crying at weird times. Um, that is where God is, and he's in those intimate details. So if I don't tell y'all all of that, he's He's not fully glorified, and His the magnitude of his faithfulness won't be realized. So... Um, 
In October of 2016, um, I heard a testimony of a lady that a woman that I a family friend that I'd known all my life, um, grown up in the same church and good friends with her daughter. And, um, she was an evangelist wife and the daughter-in-law of the pastor of the church I grew up in. And she, um, her testimony, um, took me by surprise because she, um, shared basically the big picture. She shared that she had gone her whole life, um, living as a Christian and thinking she was a Christian, but realizing that she never really fully surrendered her life to God and had never truly done that or been that. So, um, to sum up that, um, that story and the way it hit me like a ton, ton of bricks was, um, is the Bible verse Matthew seven twenty one through seven uh, through twenty three? Not everyone who says to me Lord Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me that day, Lord Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. And y'all, that moment I realized. Um, I had grown up in church. I had um, gone to, I mean, wonderful Bible-believing parents who took me to church every Sunday. And um, I even went, I, I went to Christian school. I knew the Bible in and out. I know I have so many Bible verses committed to memory, and I'm so grateful for that because I grew up that way. And But I realized that I had never truly, in my comprehension and just in my heart, given God my life. I had a story of if anybody asked me, what's your testimony? I would say, well, I mean, when I was a kid, I prayed to receive Christ. And I mean, never mind, I didn't remember that, but that was my story. And so I'm a Christian. I've just always been a Christian all my life. Um, and, but I came to that realization as an adult and as a grown woman and a mother of two um, and a person who had been going to been very involved in my church now and leading small groups and everything else. And I realized that um, that intimate relationship with God had not been there. And I didn't really even fully understand um, the magnitude of what that meant until um, in November of 2017, I had that moment with God, that aha moment where I realized I, I just hit my knees and I just surrendered. And I just asked him to just... Um, take over and be the Lord of my life. And until that point, I had tried so hard in different ways to just make it be. But God needed my full heart and my surrender. And um, he faithfully and gently walked me through um, the past couple years in that. And um, and um, he's, he's brought me so far. It's been such an amazing journey. And my husband will tell you that he has just so enjoyed having a front seat to watch, um, what God has done in my life and just watch that, that transformation and how God has moved in my life since that time. Sorry, y'all. I know it's just so emotional to, um, tell it and think about it because God is just so good. Y'all, he loves us so much. He loves us so much. And that's just, um, Anyway, he loves us. Um, and I I realize now that God, um, he didn't get just forgive me. 
Um, he has come to live inside of me so that I will have the power to desire to do what God has called me to do. And that is what was lacking, was the power to desire, to really desire what God has for me and to go after it with everything that I am and all of my heart. Um, so um, in April of 2016, I had gotten a Facebook message from a friend of mine who um, who I'd grown up with all my life, and um, or I'd grown up with when I was younger, but she um, had moved away when we were young. But she sent me a Facebook message, and she said, um, I just want you to know that, um, or I just feel like you need to know that you and JH would make wonderful adopted adoptive parents. And she's one of those kind of people that you know is walking with the Lord. So when she speaks, you know it's not without God's prompting and you listen. So um, at that point, I had really, my heart was really... Um, at the place of really wanting a third, wanting to become pregnant with a third child. And that's just where I was. And that was what I wanted. And, um, John Henry and I had had many conversations about it, very emotional conversations that usually ended up with me crying and him, his heart breaking, knowing that he couldn't just agree to it just because I wanted it. Um, so that was, that was where my heart was. And so when she sent me that message, I knew that I knew in that moment that God was planting a seed and I didn't really understand that, but I knew that he was, my heart was still just wanting that third pregnancy. So, but I just, I I started to pray about that and, um, and just really, you know, kind of committed to, to pray, okay, God, what, what in the world does this mean? Um, and so, um, the following, in, two, in January of 2017, we had 21 days of prayer at our church. I go to Church of the Highlands, and we have just a beautiful time of um, prayer at the beginning of every year in January just to commit our our year to the Lord and just um, pray as a church and just individually and just believe in God for big things for the year. Um, so we had committed, um, my husband and I had committed to pray during that 21 days of prayer for um, becoming pregnant with a third child. And so I have to admit that during that time, the urge to actually become pregnant kind of started to go away. And um, I didn't completely fully lose that um, sense of that, that our family was not complete, but the urge to become pregnant just kind of went away. And um, so, but then, so I, you know, I kind of got to the point where I was like, okay, God, I'm content. I'm fine. If this is what you have for us, then I'm fine. But if, if we got pregnant, I would be so excited. So Lord, I've given it to you. So now just make John Henry come and say, okay, I want to be, I want a third child. Change his heart. Now you're going to change his heart. Cause I've surrendered. Right. Um, but God didn't do that. He did not do that. And John Henry had to, um, painfully come to me and tell me at the end of that 21 days of prayer that his heart had not changed. And, um, he still just did not feel, um, that he, that he wanted, you know, felt like that we should get pregnant with that third child. And, um, of course, even though I knew we had committed to pray about that and I knew that he had been praying about that, that whole 21 days, I still let Satan creep in and tell me, well, he's just so stubborn. He's just digging his heels in on this. And did he really seek God on this? Um, and why can't he be one of those laid back husbands who just kind of does whatever the wife wants and, (laughs) and they're fine with it. They really don't care. They're, I mean, it doesn't bother them, you know? Um, but let me just stop right here and tell you a little bit about my husband. He is strong-willed, and he is—this is going to make me cry because he's, he's awesome, but he— um, 
he's strong-willed and I don't mean just a little bit. There's no way around it. He is uh, hard-headed and he's not going to do anything. Nobody's going to convince him to do anything or feel or think anything that he doesn't. Um, and he'll tell you that in the beginning of his, you know, growing up and in a, a, most of his life, he did not steward that the right way. Um, but now that he, as he's grown and just matured in years and in his um, walk with the Lord, that is one of his biggest assets in following his convictions and not backing down when the Lord is um, convicting him of something or leading him to something. And I know that he is a um, praying man. And so I know that I can trust that his strong will um, and his convictions are from God. Um, so anyway, all that to say, he was still holding on to the fact that he did not think we should have a third child and, um, that that's not the picture that our family should look like. And he will tell you, he said, he would say, I've got a hot wife. Those are his words, not mine. Um, two, <laughs> two, two awesome kids. I've got a great job that I love family, friends. I mean, we're good. We don't, I mean, we're good. We don't need anything else. Why would we need anything else? Um, So in 2017, God continued to grow us and work on our hearts in ways that looking back now, we didn't even realize at the time, but he was just kind of preparing our hearts and growing us. And during that time, um, I think I'm going to have to speed this up because I've got so much to say. But during that time, um, the year of 2017, uh, we had a few more conversations about having a third child, but they were much less emotional at this point, but still just a few, you know, has God changed your heart yet? No, not yet. Um, So we, um, and at one point... um, um, towards, I guess, the middle part of that year, the word adoption came up. I, well, I brought the word adoption up. We were talking about kids, and I said, well, what about adoption? And um, I kind of approached it as, you know, this is God's heart for, for these children. So, I mean, how could he ignore that, right? <laughs> and he... Um, he said, Paige, there's so many other things you can do for these kids in need. You don't have to adopt them and bring them into your home. And I thought, well, okay then. And you can imagine where God or Satan took that and ran with that in my mind. Um, but then a f- couple months later, we were out to dinner with some friends, and um, it came up again. And I looked at him and said, yeah, what about adoption? And his response was the same. Um, and I had been praying and that God would just you know, soften his heart, but at that point, I thought, well, nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. He still, you know, he still feels the same way about it. And, um, I told my friend Holly after that, that we, they, that's who we were um, dinner with. I told her at dinner, I said, well, he's just so hard headed. He's just not going to do anything he doesn't want to do. And she looked at me and I could see the look of sympathy on her face because she knows as well as anybody that that is the absolute truth. Um, as she told me, all you can do is pray. And, um, so I committed to pray, pray about that. And, um, I didn't bring it up to him again. That was the only two times I brought up the word adoption to him. Um, and I never even told him about Anna's message. I just kind of tucked that away and prayed about it. And honestly never had the urge to tell about, tell him about it. And I don't, at the time I didn't really, couldn't really figure out why, because normally I do tell him things and I don't always hold back and I tell him what I think and I tell him what he should think. Um, but that time I did not do that with that. I kind of sat on that and just in, just didn't have the urge to tell him. Um, and so, um, and now I know looking back that that was God protecting his perfect timing. Um, so, um, 
let's see, in November of 2017, we heard a, a sermon at church, and it was um, about leaving a legacy and just how you can leave your legacy. And um, during that whole sermon, I kept hearing and thinking the word adoption in my mind, and I just kept thinking about children. And those thoughts and pictures were just coming to my mind. And so I, um, but I still thought, I'm, you know, I'm just going to keep this to myself and continue to pray. And we got in the car, and um, we were on our way home and talking about this service, and John Henry said to me, I just have to tell you, I don't know what it is, but during that whole entire sermon, I just had this picture and just these thoughts kept rushing my mind that we are supposed to do something with children. And I don't know what that is, but I feel like God is calling us to something with children. And um, he even said, he threw out the word, I don't know if that's adoption. And I think he immediately thought, I can't believe I just said that to her because she'll take it and run with it. Um, but he said, I just feel like God has something for us. And so at that point, enter Anna's message. I thought, I felt that, that pull to, to share that with them. So I let him read it. We were sitting at a stoplight, and he read it, and his eyes just got big, and he just handed it back, and we didn't really say much about it after that. Um, and But I think at that, um, during that conversation, just that day and how that, that message spoke with us, spoke to us at church, we had that kind of light bulb moment where we realized that we were living our lives comfortably, and we were good. Like, we, you know, we had, he works hard to provide for our family, and we have everything we need and a lot of what we want. And we just kind of realized that we were just kind of being spectators, watching everybody else walk out God's big plan for what his will is for all of our lives. And, um, and I would just, you know, I'd hear these other people share their testimonies and, and out up there doing big things, you know, out there just doing these awesome things and, and living, being God's hands and feet and think, that's them. That's not me. I mean, that's so awesome for them. I wish I could be like that. I wish I could, wish I had something like that, that I could, I was passionate about and I could, I could do, but I just kind of, um, would sit back and just, um, appreciate them, but not do a whole lot about it ourselves. So um, we committed to pray during that 21 days of prayer in 2018 for what God's um, heart for our family would be. Um, we knew at this point, um, going into 21 days of prayer, we had plenty of discussions since that that sermon that we heard that God was calling us to something. And we were ready. We were expectant. We were anticipating what he was going to reveal to us. And we knew that there was something God was stirring our hearts. Um, and so on day three of 21 days of prayer, there was a message on surrender and John Henry came home and told me he, he would get up and go to, he gets up and goes to the prayer services at the church every morning that he can at 6am. And I stay home, you know, with the kids and, um, all that, but he usually comes home afterwards and we discuss and everything. Well, he told me after that service on surrender that he, um, just really felt God just pulling, tugging at his heart. And he, um, just had this, this moment of surrender and just totally, you know, trying to hold it all together and not cry there, right there in the service, or, but just totally gave it to God and truly surrendered everything that he was holding tight in his hands. He just let go and he told God, you can have it all. And in that prayer, he told me, he said, um, Lord, you know, you can have my family, my house, my job, which if y'all know him, he's had the same, I mean, he's worked at the same company since he interned in college and he loves his job. Um, but Lord, you can have my job. You can have it all. And, um, 
so he just fully surrendered. And there was a song that they sang during that time, uh, during that prayer service. Um, and one of the lines of the song was, now my heart has a song to sing. And he came home, he had written that down. He came home and he told me that his prayer is that our family would find the song that our hearts could sing, um, that God wanted our hearts to sing. Um, so um, that following weekend, right in the middle of 21 days of prayer, was um, a freedom conference at church. And that was supposed to have been in December, um, but because of a snow and ice day, it had been delayed. And I was so frustrated and, and upset when it was delayed because I thought, God, I need this so bad. I need this right now. Um, the freedom conference is just an awesome time of just prayer and just totally surrender and just like and giving God every stronghold and, and breaking down walls and chains, everything that he had that there's that he has for you um, to just to, to be able to just break down walls to, to get to God um, and connect with God. So I was just really in December thinking, I cannot believe this. I was frustrated. I really didn't have a good attitude about it when it got canceled. Um, but anyway, it was um, God's perfect timing that it would be right in the middle of 21 days of prayer. So I went to that um, Freedom Conference and God really, really met me there. I mean, there were just some some chains broken and just, I mean, it was just a, such a sweet time of, um, just really, um, getting all the junk out of the way and just, um, getting close with the, with my Lord. Um, and so, um, when I got home from 21 days of prayer, um, oh, I have to jump back and tell you, as you, during the, the, um, Freedom Conference. There will be a speaker who talks about a specific topic, and then everybody lines up and goes up to the front to get prayer. Um, and there's <laughs> intercessors up there, and they pray over you for that topic and for whatever stronghold might be in your life over that area. And there's numbers on the floor on um, in they're taped to the floor, and that's where the intercessors are standing. That's just kind of to mark the area. And um, so John Henry asked me when I got home, what numbers did I go and stand on? <laughs> I can't. This is gonna be. To get through, and um, I told him the numbers, and he said, Paige, those were the numbers this morning in prayer that I paced right. I mean, out of that whole big auditorium, that was the spot where he paced and prayed and prayed for me and prayed for freedom and prayed for God to show up big for me. And y'all, that is just such a beautiful picture of the. The picture of a um, just a, a spiritual leader in the house, and he is that. And I just, um, it's just, it's amazing because he pray. He was praying for me, and he prays for me all the time. And I know he's a praying man, um, but he was there where God wanted him to be. He was there at prayer at six a.m. And he was in the exact spot where God put him. And so he was willing to go where God would leave. I mean, he, he got up and he went. He's willing to be there. He's he's all in. And God, um, and so God was able to to put him exactly where he wanted him to be to, to pray over those, those spots. So I just encourage y'all, if you have a praying husband, encourage him. Thank him. If you have a, a husband who's a, a spiritual leader, just really um, take rest in that. And if you don't, just pray. Don't get in the way and don't tell him what he should should be doing and shouldn't be doing, but just pray because that is God's design for our families. Um, let's see. Okay. So the next, um, 
Oh, no, I, I didn't finish telling about. Okay, so I went home from the Freedom Conference, and um, John Henry had arranged for um, child care with my uh, mother-in-law so that we could go to dinner because he knew that we'd have a lot to talk about and didn't want any distractions or interruptions. So um, we, we just had a, a wonderful time of um, just just healing and and just a time of intimacy, just talking about what God had done for me. And it was just, I was so open with him. Like I really haven't been before. And it was just a beautiful time between the two of us. And we just talked openly and just a God ordained safe place. And I was able to share with him how, you know, God was breaking the chains of, um, that were on me just from things in my past, um, and things in our marriage. Um, and I'll just tell y'all right now, I mean, we did not have a perfect marriage to, to, in the beginning. We struggled. We had a rough, um, first few years. So God, um, and so we talked about those wounds from the past and in that conversation, God just healed so much. Um, and it was just, um, just a beautiful time between the two of us to be able to talk and just really be real and open. And so that, um, that next Monday during 21 days of prayer, the message was on, um, forgiveness. And John Henry came home that afternoon and I was in the kitchen and he walked straight in straight up to me. And he said, before I do anything else, I need to, I just need to tell you something. And he came and he looked me in the eyes and he took my hands and he said, I just need to ask you for your forgiveness. Um, I need you to forgive me for all of the times that I did. I went too far and all of the times that I didn't go far enough. And, um, that was just such a beautiful time. And, um, just that moment, I mean, he just took that step to be so vulnerable in front of me and that brought so much healing to my soul that in my heart that I didn't even know I needed because of course I'd already forgiven him, but that was just, um, such a big step that he took and he stepped up and did that because he knew that that was, um, God's, God's plan. I mean, just to ask for forgiveness for my forgiveness was what God was prompting him to do. Um, ours is a beautiful story of redemption and I just love where God's brought us and where we started and where we are now. And I mean, that, that kind of thing wouldn't have happened at the beginning of our marriage. And it's just so beautiful that God has grown both of us together. Um, so Anyway, that just kind of broke down all those walls and opened the doors for us to really just seek God together. That was our big prayer during 21 days of prayer. We wanted to know what God had for us, but we also were praying just for like a, just a spiritual and um, just an intimacy, intimacy between the two of us that we'd never had, just more intimate than we'd ever been. So that right there just kind of tore those walls down and just um, opened the floodgates for God to just start revealing to us what he had for us. Um so during that next week, I actually started researching just a little bit about adoption because we kind of talked about it a little bit. And as I was researching, I sat down at the computer and I was just kind of reading and looking through some stuff and looking at international and domestic. And um, I thought this is going to be the moment God's going to reveal to me, you know, I'm going to sit down at the computer, God. So you ready? Like, here I am. Get ready to tell me what we're supposed to do. Um, but that didn't happen. And I kind of felt the pull of um, my heart on my heart towards adoption kind of go away. And so then I got really confused because we were supposed to be going to a, um, a lifeline um, event where people will tell their stories of adoption and that next Friday night. And I just thought, I mean, this is, we're laying it all out here for you, God. Like this is here, you know, we're doing all this. So just show up at one of these things, you know, and tell us you're supposed to adopt. Um, so at walking into that event, I was just confused kind of and thinking, I mean, I don't really even feel this pull towards adoption anymore. Um, 
and we heard beautiful stories of adoption and God's faithfulness and redemption in those stories. And they were amazing stories. But the second story was a lady who got up and she was a foster mom and she, she started talking and I just hung on her every word. I mean, it just really, um, gripped me. And I, I was in tears just listening to everything that she had to say. And, um, I mean, neither of us had really thought about Foster up until that point. But um, I get, we got in the car on our way home. I told John Henry that, how I had felt about her story. And he said, and I thought, you know, I kind of thought, well, he's going to say, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. But he said, I felt the same way. I mean, that's exactly where I was in that. I mean, I, I was just really drawn to her and her story as well. Um So we kind of realized at that moment that God was really starting to do something and he was really stirring something in us. And we were just more expectant and excited um, than ever before just to see where God was leading this. Um, So later that week, I talked to a friend who's a foster mom and um, just got some great information from her. And it just was such an exciting and exciting conversation. And I I got off the phone so pumped up and excited thinking we can do this. I texted John Henry. I'm so excited we could do this, you know, and um, and. Then um, he got home. We talked about it a little bit more. He was excited. I was excited. Um, And then later that night, I freaked out. And fear just really, just really crept in and just kind of overtook me. And I started thinking about the magnitude of actually really doing what God might be calling us to do. And it looked scary and it looked messy. And in my mind, it felt way overwhelming and way out of beyond any realm of anything that I could ever handle. Um, and I just, I just, I got discouraged. I got really scared, really anxious. Um, and Satan just totally started it with his lies. And he um, he just really got into my head. And um, so I prayed and I listened to a very timely podcast. I read my Bible. I went to bed still feeling completely overwhelmed. Um, but his mercies are new every morning. I woke up the next morning and listened to prayer and um, just had my prayer time with God. And he renewed me. And he renewed renewed my mind and, um, just started to remind me, you know, just reminded me gently that he's here and that whatever it is, whatever it is, I don't have to fear because he's, he's gonna, he's gonna be there with us and he's gonna pull us through. Um, so, um, after I dropped Hudson off at school that morning, I went, um, I called, um, the, my friend had given me the number or the name of a, um, agency who does fostering. And so I called and I thought, I'm just going to call and just see what I asked some questions. So I was on the phone with the social worker and, um, she ended up telling me that the classes actually had, um, just started. So we would have missed one of the classes, but if we wanted to sign up for classes, we could jump in and we would not, uh, we would have, you can only miss two during the whole process. So we've only missed one, but if we thought we could only not miss more than one more, we could jump in and start the classes and, um, come to find out, um, there had been a snow day in January, a delay uh, or a snow ice day, and they had delayed the start of the classes. So we would have been too late if that if the classes had started when they when they were supposed to go. But God held those out for us, um, and so I signed us up for classes. And thinking, what in the world am I doing? I'm crazy. John Henry has no idea that I'm even like doing this and I'm just going to sign us up with classes. But I said, I know my husband's going to have so many questions. He's analytical. He has to think through it all. So can he call back if he needs to? And she said, of course. And if you, if you can't, if you decide not to come, that's fine. You can, you know, you can cancel and tell us you won't be making the classes. So 
Um, I got home and I um, went in the kitchen, just started cleaning up a little bit, turned on praise and worship music and just started praying. And that um, prayer just turned into a drop everything you're doing, just pace the house and pray for 45 minutes, just seeking God and just, um, just telling him we're all in whatever it is, whatever it is that you have, we're ready to go. And, um, so I had to go to an event at Piper school that afternoon. So I went upstairs to get ready. And as I'm standing in the mirror, getting ready, I, um, I'm listening to praise and worship music again. And a song came on that I have heard so many times before, but this time when it came on, it just really grabbed me. And, um, that the, when the first line of the song, um, started playing it's, and the song is, um, a mashup of, um, you make me brave and oceans. Um, and so the first line of the song came on and it said, you call me out upon the water, the great unknown where feet may fail. And it was like, I could hear God's promises to me in that song. And I knew that I was scared and that I cannot do this kind of thing on my own and that I'm not, you know, I'm just telling God all the things that I'm not. And God reminded me in that song that, that, I am through him. I am. And he will sustain us and he will carry us. And when we walk out in those deep waters where our head, it feels like it's about to go under, he will keep our eyes above the water and he will hold us and he will carry us through. And I just started crying. And just as I'm listening to the song, just letting them just totally minister to my, to my soul and, and, um, taking it all in and kind of coming to this realization, like I think this is what God's calling us to do. Like, I think this could be it. And, um, so as I'm, I'm listening to that song, I'm just crying and I look up in the mirror and I'm like ugly crying. I'm like, I don't want to see that. So I turn and look the other direction and I'm facing down the hallway and, and Hudson's room is at the end of the hallway and there's a painting in his room with, um, two beautiful words painted at the top of it. And, um, I'm listening to the song and just praying, have my eyes closed, just worshiping God and just taking it all in and, and realizing the magnitude of what I'm feeling and what I think is happening. And just as the words of the song, um, you make me brave play, I look up and I look down the hall and (laughs) I see that painting in Hudson's room. And those, the words at the top of his painting say, be brave. And I, y'all, I lost it. Just like, I feel like I am right now. I just lost it. I mean, I was like, this is it. Like, this is what it feels like to know God is calling you to something. And he, I know that I know that he's calling us to this. And this is what he has for us. And just like the words of this song said, I'm, we're going to go out into deep waters that we cannot navigate. But he is going to be there. And he is going to keep our head above the water. Um so um, that and that day was just such a cool day. I, I mean, it's just such a day marked with like just joy, the joy of knowing that what it feels like to just totally surrender to God's plan and what he has for you. Um, but anyway, I later that afternoon, I told my mom all about this moment and she um, we talked through that a little bit. And she said, now, don't be discouraged if you tell John Henry and he's not right there with you. in that moment at the same time, because, um, you know, God's timing for him may be different than it is for you. Well, John Henry called shortly after that and I started, just went into it and just spilled it all and just started telling it all. Um, and I had texted him right after the song played and said, can you call me? And he was, he had meetings all day. So we hadn't been able to talk at all that day. And usually after prayer, he comes home and takes Piper to school, but that day he had meetings all day. So I hadn't seen him at all. 
Um, so he called and I started telling him about everything. And, um, I'm saying, you know, I, I, I think God is calling us to this. I mean, this is God's calling us to be foster parents. And he said, I'm right there with you. I had that exact same moment at church this morning and trying to hold it together in the, the prayer service. Um, I had that exact same moment, God. And he said, I started to text you game on, but I didn't want to just leave it at that all day, knowing that we wouldn't be able to talk again. And I'd be like, what are you talking about? Um, so he, um, but he said, I'm right there with you. And I said, well, I've already signed us up for the classes. So, um, we're going to be starting soon. And he, and thinking he would say, okay, all right, we know God's calling us to this, but just back up a little bit. I know how you are when you know that you want to do something or, you know, whatever, you're going to take it and you're going to run with it and you're going to go, you know, and thinking, cause he's, I've heard him say that to me so many times, just slow down. Um, but he didn't. He said, all right, I'm, yeah, let's go. We're, we're doing this. And um, I said, well, she said you could call back with any questions because I know you'll have a ton. And he was like, I, I don't have, I mean, I have questions, but the answer, answers don't matter um, because God's calling us to this. And it just really doesn't matter what any of those answers to any of those questions are. Um, so... Um, Okay. So that, yeah, like I said, that day, I mean, we went to bed that night just talking about just, I mean, I said, do you just feel just the pure joy that I feel like just that joy joy that's deep in your soul that I don't know how I, I mean, it was just one of those just peace and joy and just the freedom of knowing that we don't have to do it. God's going to do it and that we're walking in it and we're going to do whatever he's calling us to do. And he was like, yeah, I mean, this is, it's an amazing feeling. Um, but even still, the next day, the fear crept in, and I freaked out again. And um, I, uh, I just, I mean, I, I really had to, I really almost kind of went through a grieving process of thinking about our family and how it was and how it's going to change. And there's going to be so many different things that are so unknown and so out of my control, but that's okay. But at that moment, it felt way too, way too much for me to handle. Um, but God just kept reminding me that over and over again, that he is there and he, I wish I had the time to go into all the podcasts and songs and sermons and, and devotionals that I read and Bible verses. I mean, he, reminded us and confirmed his calling over and over and over and over again. And I can lean on that truth. And I know that. Um, so God, I mean, he just, he, he brought me through that moment of just, you know, kind of panicking and that initial panic is that, that that's gone now. And I'm, I'm, I know that God has this and he will hold me and take me through this every step of the way. But, um, of course, my strong-willed husband never wavered, and he never feared, and that strength is something that I know that I can lean on throughout this whole process because he is strong, um, and he is strong in God, and God, God, he has learned to steward his strong will well. Um, so... Um, a common thought or response that we hear a lot or that I've heard with foster care is that's just so hard. I just couldn't do that, especially giving the children back. And there's just no way I could do that. And I'm here to tell you today that I can't do it either, but God can. And um, he's way bigger than me. And I know that he's going to carry us through every time, you know, we feel like we're about to drown. He's going to pull us back out of that water. And, um, He'll pick us up and we'll be able to, to go on and say, 
His power was made perfect in our weakness, and He will get the glory. Um, and because of that, and because I know that I can stand on that truth, um, He makes me brave. Because of copyright laws, we cannot play this song on the podcast, but we have put a link to the song in our show notes, which is on our website, storytellerslive.org. So you can go there, click the link and listen to the song. And it is a mashup, if you will, of the two songs, Oceans by Hillsong United and You Make Me Brave, which is by Amanda Cook and Bethel Music. And Caleb and Kelsey Grimm have put the two songs together in an incredible arrangement and is really powerful. So uh, go to our website to hear the uh, mashup Oceans and You Make Me Brave by Caleb and Kelsey. You can also go there to download your free scripture card, which is something that we print and pass out at our locally weekly gatherings. And we'd love for you to have access to that as well. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating. We really appreciate it. And we are so thankful for you tuning in to listen and hope that you'll join us again soon. <laughs>